the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. Third and final hour of the Jimmy Sangenberger Show. Time is flying by. Don't even know where that hour with Dr. Marv Traeger, retired psychotherapist, former far-left radical. One story we didn't get a chance to talk about in that hour. I encourage you to go back if you missed it. Is early on for his... Maoist, far-left communist activism. He attended a conference for the Students for a Democratic Society, which is still around today on college campuses a little bit, but not. it's not really a major force in any way, but it's got manifestations in other organizations. <clears throat> but he didn't just attend the conference. He was there to become education secretary. And... Lee, among the leaders of the organization at the time were Bill Ayers and Bernadine Dorn, who would break off from the organization and join into the Weather Underground. And he was running for education secretary. He lost, which he is very grateful that he lost that election. But he helped Bernadine Dorn edit a speech at that convention. Like... That's how far to the left he was. And then September 11th, 2001 happens. And he gets word while he's on his solitary retreat. He's a Buddhist. Takes very seriously. He's a teacher, Buddhist teacher as well. And for three months, he was in solitary retreat. The latter part, I think he said seven of a seven-month series of retreats. And the news came of 9-11, and he realized the radical left and the jihadists are going to have an alliance that is rooted in their hatred of America. And lo and behold, here we are now with what's happening with Israel and Hamas. And you see that radical leftist strain ever vocally supporting Hamas. That's what's happening. And it is extraordinary and it is astonishing. And it is horrifying in so many ways, especially because they're becoming increasingly brazen. I mean, remember, a handful of weeks back, we talked on this program about Obama's letter to America that he wrote after September 11, 2001, saying, here's why we did it. And a lot of it had appeal to young leftists who were sharing it on social media, on TikTok and other places saying, oh, my gosh. This is the most existential thing I've ever read. You have to read it because it is extraordinary. They don't want you to read it. And guess what? Uh, it really just is making such a powerful impact. The guy behind the most devastating attack on American soil, over 2,000 Americans killed. And look at what it spread. And look at what the ideology is that is now espousing it. We didn't get a chance to talk to Marv about that, but... It's astonishing. It truly is.
So some fascinating insights there from Marv Traeger. And, and I want to tie this in locally for a moment in two respects. One, Elizabeth Epps, you remember her. She is the state representative who last month at the special session did a major uh, hateful outburst. Anti-Semitism, Jew hatred, anti-Israeli sentiments expressed on the floor of the house and calling it genocide, which is not only is it wrong factually, as Marv said in the last hour, but it's also a modern day manifestation of the blood libel trope of the Middle Ages. If you're not familiar with that, go look it up. But it is one of those anti-Semitic tropes about Jews. And Elizabeth Epps, I mean, she... It was astonishing what happened with her, and she was up in the gallery shouting down uh, state state representative Ron Weinberg, and she was totally out of line. And it was just, you, you surely remember what went on then. I bring her up because this week, Elizabeth Epps was removed from her post on the Judiciary Committee. Now, you might think this was accountability for her Jew hatred, for the positions that she has taken on the floor of the House, for the unprofessional and extraordinarily, exceptionally out-of-line behavior in the House of Representatives. But no, if you thought that, you were wrong. It has nothing to do with it. Instead, it's because she went after Democrats in a lawsuit. How do we know this? Because State Representative Bob Marshall of Douglas County also was removed from the House Judiciary Committee by House Speaker Julie McCluskey. The Speaker saying, quote, in a written statement to the Colorado Sun, I took this step to address frustrations that the Judiciary Committee needed a reset due to the level of acrimony in the personal relationships on the committee and to help deliver the progressive outcomes our caucus is looking for. My decisions on where to appoint members depend on their respect of their colleagues, ability to collaborate and adherence to decorum, which was clearly violated during our special session last month. So she hints at that. But what does it really come down to? Both Elizabeth Epps and Bob Marshall sued Speaker McCluskey, Republican leadership in the House, and the chamber's GOP and Democratic caucuses alleging pervasive violations of the state's open meeting laws. According to the Colorado Sun, the lawsuit claimed the caucuses didn't properly provide notice of meetings and that representatives illegally used a disappearing messaging app, probably Signal, to discuss legislative business. The lawsuit was settled in September. Epson Marshall brought the lawsuit. They were punished because they sued leadership in court. That's it. It actually didn't have anything to do with the special session, with the antics, with the horrible behavior of Elizabeth Epps. Just keep that in mind as you hear all of this. Oh, Elizabeth Epps was removed. (laughs) Yeah. Because she said, I'm taking you to court and 
got it settled. And it's clear because Bob Marshall was her comrade in that effort. Then there's one other thing I wanted to bring up. Iman Joday, she is the state representative for House District 41, which is in Aurora, Palestinian-American herself. And I write yesterday in the Denver Gazette in a piece entitled Iman Joday's Hollow Hanukkah Greeting about how Iman Joday went on X, formerly Twitter, and extended well wishes during Hanukkah to all those who celebrate during this year's Festival of Lights. May the candles of hope and resilience shine bright in all our hearts, uniting us in the pursuit of justice and equality for all. And amplify the voices of those who seek peace and understanding, fostering a community that stands united against hatred in all its forms. Now, this is a state rep who, like Elizabeth Epps, has vocally accused Israel of genocide in a column op-ed for the Denver Post this week. She wrote about how Israel is engaging in eradication, which is just another word for genocide. And here's the great irony. And by the way, she has not condemned Hamas. Joday seems to misunderstand the resilience she referenced. To be clear, this resilience is intricately woven into the fabric of the Jewish story embodied in their determined revolt nearly 2,200 years ago, which is what is being celebrated in Hanukkah, or was just celebrated in Hanukkah, to reclaim their homeland. That's what they did. They recaptured Jerusalem. They rededicated the Second Temple. Rededicated. Recaptured. 2,200 years ago. And now they're defending that homeland for the Jewish people over two millennia later. So she's extending well wishes for a holiday that recognizes that the Jews have been in that land for millennia, and yet she embraces the kind of sentiments and so forth that say, oh, look, they're just settler colonialists, and they're engaging in genocide. By the way, she says she doesn't want anyone to conflate being Palestinian with Hamas, calling it very hurtful and very hard to combat. And as I write yesterday, well, that's understandable. Here's the thing. She could help dispel such conflations by forcefully condemning Hamas without equivocation. But guess what? She does not. She has not. And she will not do so. Stephen Littleton texting in. Jimmy, terrific show this morning. Thank you. Really appreciate your coverage of the Dem antics in the Colorado legislature. You are welcome. It is astonishing. And it is unending. And it will get even worse and be even more worthy of coverage come January when the legislative session begins. But one more word on Iman Joday. Folks, let's be honest here. You can't trust someone who says happy Hanukkah while apologizing for Hamas. Just can't do it. Another listener texting in, uh, in part, that discussion was fascinating. Thank you. Answers many questions which apply to today's world dilemma. Yes, indeed. Fascinating man in uh, Dr. Marv Traeger. Glad you enjoyed the last 
hour. 303-696-1971 is our telephone number if you'd like to join in to the festivities. I've been wanting to get to a listener text that came in a, exactly an hour ago, actually, as I look at the clock, precisely one hour ago from Tyler in Golden, referring to a listener, Suzanne, who said that if Trump gets reelected, she'll hold me accountable. Tyler from Golden texts in, I think you had a listener text in that she would hold anyone accountable for voting for Trump in 24, right? Yes, that's correct. What about all the liberals who voted for Biden and put us in the economic situation we currently find ourselves in? Gas in 2020 was around 250. Under Bidenomics, $3.60. My rent has increased by 27% since 2020. I can only hope conservatives and right-leaning centrists hold Biden voters accountable come November. Merry Christmas, Jimmy. Merry Christmas to you as well, Tyler. Well, we talked earlier as well about how back in 1990 when Home Alone first came out, Kevin McAllister went to the grocery store and he managed to get a couple of bags of groceries for $19 and something cents. Last year, that same bag of groceries, two bags, would have cost $44 and change. This year, it's over $72, just as a prime example. Uh, Yes, I think you can hold at least a little bit. Biden voters accountable for that because they're the ones who elected him. Quite something else. 303-696-1971 is our telephone number if you want to join in to the festivities. When we come back, Hunter Biden refused to testify in a closed-door hearing this week and was very public about that. What's going on there? And meanwhile, Rudy Giuliani owes $148 million in a defamation case against a mother and a daughter who were election workers. What's up with that? Look, that amount, 148, is steep. But yeah, the guy deserves to be held accountable for that. That's for darn sure. Why? We'll come back with that more coming up on the other side. Jimmy Sangenberger here with you. News Talk 710 KNUS. Rocking and rolling back. Best Christmas bumper music known to man. Jimmy Sangenberger here with you. Joe Bonamassa doing a rocking good cover of the song first recorded by Elvis Presley. Santa Claus is back in town. By the way, written in 1957 by two Jews, Jerry Lieber and Mike Stoller, among the many Christmas songs that happen to be written by Jews. Interesting little fact. But what a great version. Very true to Elvis Presley's original version. He was the first to record it for his Elvis's Christmas album. But I have to say next week we will play the Johnny Lang version, a nice slow blues version, and it is one of my absolute favorite songs for Christmas time.
bar none. Good to be with you once again. Jimmy Sangenberger here with you. News Talk 710 KNUS. So Hunter Biden declining to testify in a closed door hearing before the House Oversight Committee. And look, he went and he showed up and did a press conference for 10 minutes and then didn't end up testifying. I'm here today to answer at a public hearing any legitimate questions Chairman Comer and the House Oversight Committee may have for me. I'm here today to make sure that the House Committee's illegitimate investigations of my family do not proceed on distortions, manipulated evidence, and lies. Now, he refused to do it privately. He wants to do it publicly. And he, of course, insists and denies that his father has anything to do with it and did any wrong. Let me state as clearly as I can. My father was not financially involved in my business, not as a practicing lawyer, not as a board member of Burisma, not in my partnership with a Chinese private businessman, not in my investments at home nor abroad, and certainly not as an artist. No way, no how did the big guy, Joe Biden, have anything to do with it whatsoever. <clears throat> but as David Harsani writes at The Federalist, this is about Joe Biden, not Hunter Biden. And it really comes down to it. And he makes this point. The special counsel looking into all of this with regards to Hunter Biden, David Wise, despite the media's insistence, Weiss knows that Joe doesn't need to directly benefit from his family's foreign ventures to corrupt himself, though there is plenty of circumstantial evidence that he did. If one of the most powerful men in the United States government participates in a scheme or allows people to believe he is offering access, that makes millions for his entire family. It may or may not be illegal, but it is corrupt. And any investigation that leads to those questions is a disaster for the president. Now, I, I'm i of a little bit of a mixed bag on this because I think actually pursuing impeachment charges is sort of a foolhardy effort for Republicans in terms of the politics of it all. I mean, look, it, it just... It seems like impeachment, the Democrats really made this so under Trump, really is just a matter of getting at your political enemies. And that's what it's about. So I, I think the Republicans would be unwise next year to actually pursue impeachment, especially because it will not be prosecuted by the Senate in a way that would actually result in a conviction. Trump wasn't convicted. Clinton wasn't convicted. Biden won't be convicted, but it probably wouldn't even get there because you have enough Republicans in the House that are opposed to the impeachment proceedings. But you're able to have enough support to move ahead with the committee. So there's a difference here. There's the politics of it all, giving the power for Congress to subpoena and to go after this issue in a way they otherwise couldn't. I'm actually okay with that. We need to get as much out into the open regarding Hunter Biden and the business dealings and their connection to Joe Biden, the big guy, 
And so it makes sense to pursue the impeachment inquiry, even if the end doesn't result in moving forward with an actual impeachment or getting them to say, "Okay, we are impeaching him and we're sending it on to the Senate for a conviction that will never happen. Now, of course, this has the predictable response from folks who are on the left, like David Axelrod, who say, look, this is really just going to turn into another. Wait for it. Benghazi hearing. I just want to say something, Anderson, about what uh, Adam Schiff just said. He said, once you get these things started, they're hard to stop. I don't think they're ever going to stop. I don't think they're no. I don't think uh, the speaker can get the votes to actually impeach the president. I don't think he wants to call the question. I think a lot of people who voted for it today who are in uh, competitive <laughs> districts don't want to call the question. So I think this is just going to be kind of a Benghazi-like experience where it goes on and on until the election comes around. Well, yeah, I mean, I, I do think that this is going to be something that Republicans will have in their back pocket going into the election. That's true. But comparing it to Benghazi, uh, I, I don't see how that comparison flies in any way, shape, or form. But then there's the irony that one of the top Democrats in the Congress, indeed the top Democrat in the U.S. House of Representatives, Hakeem Jeffries, uh, well, he thinks, okay, this is an abuse of impeachment altogether. Well, it was a very unfortunate uh, abuse of the solemn and serious impeachment authority that we have in the House of Representatives. Solemn and uh, There serious. is no evidence that President Biden committed a crime. There is no evidence that President Biden committed an impeachable offense. There is no evidence that President Biden engaged in any wrongdoing. Effectively, what we saw is that the extreme MAGA Republicans in the House were ordered by an organized crime boss, the twice impeached former president of the United States, who has been, we've seen, a living, breathing, one-person crime wave. He basically ordered the extreme MAGA Republicans to launch this illegitimate impeachment inquiry as a political hit on President Joe Biden. What was it that he said? Solemn and serious. Pot calls the kettle black right there, folks. With what happened under Trump in the impeachments at the time. With Hakeem Jeffries, one of the leading Democrats during the Trump years which is why he's the majority leader, or minority leader, rather, thank goodness, in the House of Representatives. Uh, it's it's just they're, they're one to talk. Now, look, I don't think, as I said, that this will actually result in impeachment in the House, but I do think it is something to be investigated and that they will continue to pursue in this committee, and I think it's appropriate. It's a reasonable way to go here, I think it would just be uh, politically stupid for Republicans to actually move forward at the end with an impeachment vote and proceeding in that regard. But let's go to Don in Colorado Springs. Good morning, Don. How you doing? Like, yeah, good morning, Jimmy. And I agree. Basically, you know, just let the uh, shine a light on what is happening and, you know, just let it go because, you know, being the Democratic Party and having so much uh, backup from our media and so many sources, and yes, our colleges, they can do whatever they want and get away with it. What matters is is the uh, the long game and the end game of what the Democratic Party wants to do with America, mm-hmm. and so many of these believers think that we're going to have some kind of utopia in which, which everybody's equal and everybody's going to have a chicken in the pot, and 
you know, we may own nothing, but we'll be happy. And that's, and that's the thing that drives so many of these people in the American Lagos. Yeah, you know, I think that it's entirely possible that something comes up that is worthy of proceeding with an impeachment. It is entirely possible. But the important thing is to shine a light on this and get as much information out there to the public as possible because no matter what, what is very clear is that something corrupt went on here and the American people deserve to know more of the details, especially because this is a guy who's running for reelection. And certainly, and I mean, and you know, like most Democrats, I mean, they like to hang on to power as much as they can. And if given the chance, they would repeal the amendment that would limit a president to two terms, and we get another FDR and all that. And you know, no different than many of the other uh, authoritarian countries, where you know you can create Mao's, Jing Jinping's, and uh, Castro's. I mean, to them. They're the gods of the moment because they rejected the true, the true God. And, and you know what? God. The great irony, Don, is that they claim that it is the right that wants to install somebody like that. <laughs> and it <laughs> so. is. You're, you're, you're absolutely right. But you know what that is? That's really projection. And as long as, you know, the media and everybody and the zeitgeist projects that and people believe that, nothing else matters. And, and people can live in their delusions and... They're no different than the uh, coyote in the Native American tale who got tricked by blackbirds believing that it was raining, but all they got was pilted by rock. Mm. Yeah. Well, we'll see what happens. Don, thanks for the call. 303-696-1971. Don's line is open. Let's go to Chris in Inglewood. Good morning. Chris, what's up? Well, good morning. I just want to comment that there's some you know real-term impacts on this corruption. I mean, I think it was something in the order of 100... No, it was a million barrels of oil out of the strategic oil reserve went to Hunter Biden's Chinese oil company. Well, and so that's something worth uncovering. You know, if you can get into the details of that, especially because what you're suggesting is it would be during the Biden presidency. But then the question is, okay, to what extent did that benefit Hunter Biden? Was he still involved? All all of those things. But uh, these these are questions that in some cases can only be answered when the Republicans actually have subpoena power. And they have it now. I hope they use it to some effect. I agree with you. Yeah, we'll we'll see what they do. But um, but it is an important thing to proceed with in terms of the impeachment inquiry. It makes sense to give the uh, give the committee the power that they need to do a thorough investigation, especially in light of the prosecutions of Hunter Biden that are clearly being used to prevent Republicans from getting what they need to get as far as the kind of information that the American people deserve regarding the Biden dealings. Well, and the, the the damage that it's done to our country. I mean, it's substantial. We've run we've run the uh, strategic petroleum reserve down to just about empty. Yeah. Well, Chris, I appreciate the call. Thank you. Three zero three six nine six nineteen seventy one. Let's round it out with Joe in Arvada. Good morning, Joe. Hi, Jimmy. Look, the the idea that Republicans should just oh, let's just. Uh, appeasement strategy. No, 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 no. Wait a second here. We're talking about the quintessential, or at least one of them, one of the quintessential violations of the president being done here, bribery. And, and then secondly, even though I know you don't believe it, 
but they use the power of these FBI, CIA against our country. They've opened the borders. When I say they, Joe Biden is the lead uh, monster in our in our uh, government that is doing it. And the idea that feckless Republicans should just roll over, oh, let's not upset the electorate in the media, really. Uh, I am not Thomas suggesting Jefferson. that at all, Joe. You are completely mischaracterizing my position, as per usual, though. Th- Thomas Jefferson would immediately stand on his soapbox and call for, yes, the blood of patriots. Because we are in the midst of a communist takeover, whether you like it or not, Jimmy. Well, Joe, hey, I got to run, but let's just look at one thing. We have a government that has stood the, stood the test of time, largely speaking, for, what, 250 years? I mean, it's, it's, been, it's been a good time, a good length of time. And yes, government is outrageously bloated. It is well beyond the confines of the Constitution. I'm the first to say that. But that does not mean that you say, okay, well, everything is just so awry that we need to bring about some sort of violent revolution. That's what folks on the left would like to see, by the way. Far radical left want to see that kind of a revolution. What you do is try and effect change and you be smart and strategic about it, which means, okay, pursue an impeachment inquiry to get some information that you need. Get it out to the public. Use the tools at the disposal of the Republican majority right in this moment. But really proceeding with an impeachment that will not result in a conviction in any way, shape, or form, is probably unwise. Because then it just seems like it is pure politics unless there's something that they actually do really uncover in the inquiry. So I'm fine with the inquiry. I think you got to be judicious. Yes, strategic in what you take as the next step and how you actually act on that. You don't go forward with a full-throttle impeachment. And then... Go into the Senate. Well, probably it wouldn't succeed. You'd probably see it fail in the House. I don't think you get enough Republicans in the majority right now to make that happen. But then you get over to the Senate and there's no conviction. And then what good does it do? It does no good except increasing the acrimony. The investigation's fine. Careful with where you go from here. But here's the other thing. It requires this moment Folks to get involved, to be active, to get engaged in the electoral process now more than ever and really bring about change. We can see that. And the Republicans in some ways are doing some really strong things in the U.S. House of Representatives that give evidence to that. Now, then you've got on the other side, real briefly, I wanted to get into this, Rudy Giuliani needs to pay $148 million to two women that he had falsely accused of helping to tamper with election results in Georgia. Now, according to the Washington Post, these are two poll workers like Ruby Freeman and her daughter, Andrea Arshay Shea Moss. It's all about a deceptively edited video 
that was used to claim that they were adding fake ballots to the totals and doctoring computer tallies with the USB drive. In reality, they were just counting paper ballots from regular ballot device ballot boxes and sharing a mint. Now, the two women sued a few weeks later, saying they'd become, quote, objects of vitriol, threats, and harassment because of a campaign of malicious lies. They've also testified before Congress and uh, then before a federal jury in Washington that violent racist threats forced them into hiding. Moss quit the job that she loved as an election worker, and Freeman abandoned their home, her home. Now, look, I don't know about $148 million. That seems a bit steep to me, but here's the thing. Rudy Giuliani absolutely engaged in defamation of these two women. That is clear. And their lives were turned upside down. These are not public figures. These are everyday people who were thrown into the spotlight because of malicious lies against them. And it resulted in threats and racist messages and more and because they're, they're both black without a doubt this was the kind of accountability that needed to happen in this particular case we're not talking about public figures we're talking about two election workers who had their lives turned upside down to advance an agenda that was flagrantly false and with a story that was debunked quickly and that was flagrantly false So good on this jury for finding Rudy Giuliani guilty. It's not guilty because it's a civil trial. But nevertheless, it is wrong what he did. And by the way, really disappointing. I always used to be a Rudy Giuliani fan going back to 08. I wanted him in that short-lived run for president. But you want to talk about one of those examples of a fall from grace. That's him. And it's nice to see that he's not getting away with this malignant behavior toward people just doing their jobs. Just doing their jobs. Final thing as we go to break, and then we'll bring on Peter Boyles for our crossover. He's up from 9 to noon. Jimmy, listener, texts in. The Republicans are doing a terrible job with messaging. They need to be telling voters that they had to do the inquiry because Joe Biden was blocking the Department of Justice, the FBI, and the IRS from providing important evidence. I certainly uh, think, I don't know the extent to which Biden was actually involved in that, but I do think that it is worth making that case saying, hey, uh, the Justice Department not being cooperative, this and that is going on. We need to take it upon ourselves to do it. I agree with you. As is all too often the case, Republicans terribly messaging this, and they need to get on it properly and more effectively. We'll see what happens, though. I don't have much faith in the GOP's ability to message these things in the way that they should be. We're going to take a break on the other side. Pete's in the house. We'll check in with him and wrap up the show. We will, of course, have our Christmas special next Saturday morning, so be sure to tune in then. Keep it right here. It's the Jimmy Sangenberger Show. Final segment up ahead. News Talk 710 KNUS. Wrapping up and winding down. Funnily enough, one of the first texts we got this morning, listener texted in, Hey, Jimmy, I think it is time for Jingle Bell Rock. And I said, keep listening to the show because 
Uh, as you can hear now, the last bumper of the morning is Jingle Bell Rock. Good to be with you this morning, as always, and great to check in with Peter Boyles up, of course, from 9 to noon this morning. What's going on, brother? Well, I heard you and we were sitting here together talking about Giuliani yesterday, the real the real Rudolph Giuliani. Mm. And I have stayed away on the Saturday show, really stayed away from all of this stuff since we launched this, but... Enough is enough. Um, not looking for an argument this morning, but what more does anyone need to see the truth? And uh, there was a great line that someone said, um, the Rudolph Giuliani of 35 years ago would be prosecuting the Rudolph Giuliani of today. I agree with that. Uh, and also when we're talking about the case against the, with the women who he clearly, I mean, what he did was unforgivable, but... In the Georgia case where Giuliani is accused of making false statements and soliciting false testimony and seeking illegal appointments of pro-Trump electoral college voters, he's a co-conspirator. And um, there's a RICO coming and there's all these different things. But tie into that the Fox settlement, Mike Lindell, Jenna Ellis, the Kraken, that's the elite strike force back when – Boy, just talk radio lionized the elite strike force. Now, two of the three have said we're sorry, and yesterday we saw Giuliani at his best after saying he wanted to take the stand, but. And then that's a very uh, Trump supporter role. They want to take the stand until it comes to take the stand. They have all the evidence, but then they never show you the evidence. So not looking for a fight this morning, truly not, but. What will it take? What more do you need, I guess is a better way to say it, for you to believe that the, the election was not stolen, mm-hmm. or rather yet, give me the reason why you believe look, it. Look, my, my position, Peter, is that whether we look at Georgia or Pennsylvania, there are some states that changed election rules that advantage Democrats, but that was changing the system in those sorts of ways that you could clearly see. What they're talking about is not that. Oh, no. And it is talking about outright theft of an election. Oh, and what's astonishing here is how, when it extends to even Colorado, that they say this state that is solidly blue yeah. somehow had the election stolen. Sure. But it, it is the case that they consistently keep losing, no. not providing any evidence, anything like that. So you're asking a very important, valuable hmm. question. And also the hitman Joe Williams with us and a couple other things as well. But um, it, it's it's time to ask this question. Yeah. What? What more do you need? I mean, I, I've been wrong many times in my life, and when you see the correct evidence or someone says, well, look over here, and you go, you know, I was wrong. They seem to be incapable. And uh, yeah. it's going to, it's the, the lemmings going off or over the cliff. We will see what happens with that. Yeah. Peter Boyle's up from 9 to noon. Go get him, brother. All right, that is it for me today. Next Saturday, it's our Christmas show, our fun with Santa Claus calling in. And then New Year's show after that. Be sure to tune in the next two Saturdays. Have a great rest of weekend. Merry Christmas. May God bless America. Three-star general Michael J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. 
the explosive new documentary, Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost, and covers the facts behind this scandal. Flynn told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. I find out the worst enemy that I'm going to face in my life is right here in America. They took my assessment and they wanted me to change it. I was like, I'm not changing it. They had to get rid of Flynn. With in-depth interviews, archival footage, and never-before-seen personal records to the man behind the headlines. I just felt like I was drowning. Flynn. Deliver the truth, whatever the cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to salemnow.com. salemnow.com.